0: We've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath.
1: Hiya, everyone. What's happening? How's it going? Having a good day so far? I hope so. I hope so. It is Tuesday, August 30th. That means that September is a mere day away. If you look at it as tomorrow is the only way. We could say two days away, but really... There's tomorrow, and then it's September. You guys, September. Which means we can start playing Christmas music. Aren't you excited about that? I would... Okay. I understand about Thanksgiving, alright? I, I, I have a very close connection with Thanksgiving, which I will explain closer to Thanksgiving. Because me and Thanksgiving and Black Friday, we have this understanding that we've literally had since the moment I started breathing on this planet. And I I know that we don't skip Thanksgiving, but I also know that we really don't have Thanksgiving music. Now, whether that's a failure of our American society as a whole or merely a reflection of the fact that Thomas Jefferson wanted the turkey to be our national bird rather than the bald eagle, I don't really know. All I'm saying is Christmas is coming. I'm not, I'm not trying to push you here, but it's, it's not very far away. In fact, it's so close that I've already accomplished about 75% of my Christmas shopping. And, I mean, we're not supposed to be proud and stuff, but if there was something in my life that I was going to be proud of right now, it would be the fact that most of my Christmas shopping is already done. I find that if I shop early, I have a better chance of staying on budget. I find that if I shop early, I could say, no, I don't need to buy that because I already bought them this. And that is over and done. Just a little, just a little bit of stuff that I thought might bless you today. You know, you could start Christmas shopping too. It's never, never too early. You could start listening to Christmas music. I have, <coughs> excuse me, I have Christmas music that I can let you borrow if you need inspiration. That would not be a problem as long as you give it back. Um, if you borrow my Christmas music and don't give it back, that could be a difficulty for us both. But as long as you give it back, I could let you borrow it. If you'd like to share your thoughts about Christmas music or anything else, you can email us at radio at com or call seven zero two six four seven four five two two. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter at The Frittle. All right, we have Benji Backer and Dan Roth are going to be joining us at the bottom of the hour. Benji Backer just got verified on Twitter, and I'm a little jealous about that. But we probably won't discuss that. What we are going to talk about is Colin Kaepernick. This broke uh, after the show yesterday, so we weren't able to talk about it yesterday, but we will talk Wait, was it Kaepernick that broke yesterday? I I don't... Either way, we're going to talk about Colin Kaepernick. Uh, his refusal to stand for the national anthem or ever for the flag. We're going to talk about Mary Poppins. We're going to talk about some fun things there. But first, some news of the day. I, I really want to tell you something. I can't... Let's just say that Dancing with the Stars... I I know... I've met... I keep seeing Dancing with the Stars headlines. I don't watch this show. But I saw that Governor Perry is going to be on it, and I I laughed out loud. Like, it's one of those very rare instances where I could actually type LOL, and it mean that I laughed out loud. Not that I you know, don't think that he will be successful or whatever else, but it just, it wasn't what I was expecting. Ryan Lochte, yes, I expect Ryan Lochte to go on Dancing with the Stars. I expect Ryan Lochte to be on The Bachelor someday or whatever else, but not Governor Perry. And then uh, James Hinchcliffe, who I actually know, who's the driver for Sam Schmidt Motorsports, who I used to work for. Now James Hinchcliffe has been announced that he's going to be on the show too, which, you know, he's another one of those guys that this, this doesn't surprise me. It just, anyway, Anyway, I I asked another one of my friends, who you would know if I said their name, but I told them I wouldn't tell them, I wouldn't break the news for them, but they have... (laughs) I emailed them this morning, I was like, so you're next, right? I mean, if they got Governor Perry, you're going to be the next one on Dancing with the Stars, and they wrote back in all caps, NEVER. So in case you were worried, there are some uh, conservatives out there that will never be on Dancing with the Stars. I'll leave you to attempt to figure out who you think that might be. Okay, let's start with this. Uh former president Bill Clinton uh said that we should use Syrian refugees to rebuild Detroit. This isn't something new, it just was really never noticed or talked about before, and so it's just it's just now being reported on. But it was a video from February that was just kind of in the archives from the Global Clinton Initiative. And uh, he said, I'm, I'm quoting now, he said, "...Detroit has 10,000 empty, structurally sound homes." 10,000, and lots of jobs to be had repairing those houses. Detroit just came out of bankruptcy and the mayor's trying to do an innovative sort of urban homesteading program there. But it just gives you an example of what could be done, and I think any of us who have ever had personal experience with either Syrian Americans or Syrian refugees think it's a pretty good deal. Here's my problem with this. Uh, Detroit is struggling. The people that already live in Detroit are struggling. Why would we not take these, apparently what what former President Clinton thinks are a plethora of jobs and, and suitable housing and use them to help the people of Detroit get back on their feet? I mean, wouldn't we want those who are already living uh, in Detroit, Michigan and in the surrounding uh, suburbs to have an opportunity to take those jobs? And I guess we could argue that if they're still there, then they're not being taken, but... I feel like that would be the push that we would want to make. To use Detroit to get Detroit back up on its feet. Not to say, oh look, here's a whole city that we can just fill with, with refugees because the people there don't need those jobs or that housing. I don't know. Again, share your thoughts with me on Twitter, at The Frittle. Alright, so political correctness, though. it's It's the undoing of the West. Not that it will be, it simply is. Alright, take as an example, there's this Muslim guy named Maradi. He immigrated to Canada from Iran 15 years ago. Alright, so just recently, he's been here 15 years, remember, he just found out that his wife, who is employed outside their home, so that's a step in the right direction for uh, those seeking to acclimate to Western culture from uh, Islamic societies, He just found out, though, apparently, that his wife has to interact with men, a.k.a. talk to them, as part of her job. He's been here 15 years and just found this out. And he was so infuriated by this fact when he discovered it, that he went into her place of employment, told her boss that she was not permitted to speak with any men who were not married to her, ever, for any reason, her boss was like, yeah, sorry, that's not going to be a possibility. You know, in customer service, kind of have to talk to to both men and women. The dude is so infuriated that he beats this man to a pulp because his wife has to speak with men. Now. This guy, of course, gets arrested. At his trial, his defense lawyer successfully argued that the incident was merely a cultural misunderstanding. No big deal. So rather than receiving jail time, this guy named Marati, he's going to be performing 50 hours of community service and he's attending an anger management class. However, the last time I checked, I don't remember anger management classes teaching culturally appropriate behavior. The problem here is not necessarily this guy's anger. The problem is that he grew up in a culture where women are treated as property rather than as people. And it's going to take more to adjust his thinking than a feel-good class about controlling your temper. Especially considering that he's already lived in a Western culture for 15 years and still hasn't caught on to the fact that this is not how we treat women or employers in our country. What's required is a complete paradigm shift in worldview. Now, why would I bring that up? Because, again, when you compare this to former President Clinton's thinking that, you know, we can just import all these Syrian refugees and plop them in Detroit and everything will be hunky-dory. No, it's not. It doesn't work that way. Because there's a completely different brand of thinking happening. There is a major cultural shift. And it would be the same thing. It's like if, 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 if you were to go as a missionary to another country, pick whichever one you want. There are cultural differences that you have to learn to adapt and adjust to. But then when you add to those cultural differences, a mindset that says that Western society is evil, that Christianity is evil, that anyone who doesn't agree with me and think exactly what I think and believe exactly what I believe and agree to adhere to all of Allah's tenets must be killed because they are evil, well, we that's, that's kind of a problem. And no, of course, not every Muslim is like that. But we cannot simply import by the thousands or hundreds of thousands and expect that not at least some of them will be like that. Because they will. Because it's a cultural shift. A completely different world view. Now Norway Norway has a solution. Norway, Norway the very, very top on the... If you're looking at the map on the very tip of Norway on the right hand side, it like it like goes up and over uh um what's that other one that's right there? Is that Denmark? No, it's like the three finger islands is Denmark. Or wait, no, it's Norway, Finland. Then maybe it is Denmark. I don't know, I'm not looking at a map. But anyway, if you look at the very tip of Norway, there Norway borders Russia along its very northern northeast, never yeah. That's how you learn the compass, by the way. This is what my teacher taught me in third grade. Never eat shredded wheat. Northeast, southwest, and that's how I still remember which way. Anyhow, you didn't need to know that. So, if you look at Norway's northeasternmost point, it borders along Russia. Well, Russia has apparently just been sending illegals across that tip. But then, what they're doing is providing, um. Bicycles, because it's apparently illegal to ent- enter Norway at that point on foot. So Russia is providing these individuals with bicycles and just sending them across the border. And Norway is like, "All right, uh, you guys, you're, we've been talking about this. You can't just keep doing this. We have to have agreements. We have to have laws." And it's not helping anything. So Norway's like, "All right, then, uh, we're we're going to build a wall right here." So Norway. Remember now, Norway, a European country, is building a wall. The justice minister there, the deputy justice minister, told Reuters that they were building the wall because they needed responsible measures. So, now we've reached a point where even countries in Europe that have leaned socialist that are 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 welcoming refugees to a level that is is affecting their own selves negatively even they are now saying look we gotta build a wall because that is the quote responsible thing to do interesting huh they're also now requiring identification I mean, it seems like perhaps we could learn something from these guys. They're building a wall, and they want IDs. It's like Europe is now ahead of us, or that Europe is where we should be. <laughs> shocking, simply shocking. All right, here's a uh, here's a less serious. Story for you. This is from ESPN. How did Andrew Luck splurge after agreeing to his $140 million contract deal? You're about to find out. (coughs) Colts quarterback Andrew Luck became the highest paid player in NFL history when he signed his six-year $140 million contract during the offseason. That much money allows Luck to buy basically whatever he wants. A new house, some new cars, a trip around the world, or designer watches for his offensive linemen who protect him. Probably a good idea, actually. Who knows how Luck plans to spend his millions, but one thing he's not going to do is change the type of cell phone he uses. Luck used his Facebook page recently to let his fans know he just purchased a new phone post his contract. And you'd think, like, you you're you've got to be getting an iPhone 6s or or some kind of other uh, mini tablet that will never fit inside your pocket no matter how hard you try, and you're gonna have to buy a bigger purse just so you could carry that monstrous contraption around with you. No, that is not what Andrew Luck got after his 140 million dollar highest paid ever NFL player arrangement. You know what Andrew Luck got? Andrew Luck, <laughs> Andrew Luck went and got himself a new flip phone. Yes, a flip phone. <laughs> he says he doesn't want an iPhone. He's opting to go the simple route with flip phones because they allow him to make calls and send text messages, and that's all he needs. On one hand, it—I my heart hurts for him. He, he doesn't know what he's missing. And on the other hand, I I kind of really admire it and want to be more like Andrew Luck. Do you remember the days when all your phone could do was take phone calls and send text messages? Was that not a simpler time? When you when it wasn't like everything in your life literally was in the palm of your hand. Everything. When business and family and 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 Doctors and lawyers and everything was in your phone. The emails, the social media, your life. Those were the days when you could actually sit down at a restaurant and you didn't need a cell phone coop to put your phones in as incentive for free ice cream. Because it was actually more interesting to talk with the people that were at the table than it was to stare at your phone. Some of you kids may not remember those days. Because I'm old now. I do. So, yeah. Alright, let's see. Do I want to hit another story before we go to a break? No, we don't have time. We're going to go to a break. But first, let me tell you about today's underwriting partner. Today's programming is brought to you by Krispy Kreme Donuts Fundraising Opportunities. Krispy Kreme fundraisers are available year-round. They can take place over one to two days or one to two weeks. If your educational, religious community, or charitable cause is looking for a fun way to meet your financial goals, Krispy Kreme can help. Krispy Kreme provides free fundraising materials for your use. And you can visit KrispyKreme.com slash fundraising or your local Krispy Kreme to learn more. Our thanks to Krispy Kreme for their support of KVXL programming. We're coming to you from Liberty Baptist Church today. Our next service will be tomorrow night, Wednesday at 7 p.m. We would love to have you and your family join us for that. Also, as a reminder, Friend Day is coming up here at Liberty on September 11th. We have, uh, I think right now we have... Uh, 12, diff- 12 different restaurants where you can get special deals for Friend Day. I'll tell you more about that at the end of the program. But first, here is, let's see, who do I want to play? Uh, Sinking Deep from David Wesley. We'll be back in just a few minutes with Benji Backer and Dan Roth. Don't go away.
0: It's supercalifragilisticexpialidocious even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious if you say it loud enough you'll always sound precocious supercalifragilisticexpialidocious
1: hummed it a little hummed it a That's the mary poppins of course with supercalifragilisticexpialidocious and i won't uh, keep it going because you probably know most of the song the question is can you spell it we have Dan Roth and Benji Backer here with us this morning. Dan, I'm guessing that you can. Can you spell supercalifragilisticexpialidocious?
0: Okay, I am the world's worst speller. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how to spell it. Like <laughs> I'm having flashbacks right now to when I was in second grade and spelling bees, and I would just be clueless and like a deer in the headlights right now. So I have no idea. But your class. Definitely, it starts with S.
1: Your class, though, definitely went through that phase, though, right? Where everyone was trying to see who could spell it first. It was like the second, third grade thing.
0: Something like that, yeah, and nobody really knew because we going to fact-check that.
1: Right, exactly, and back then we didn't have Google on our phones or anything, and so people could say, exactly. no, that's how it's spelled, and you just believe them. All right, we also have uh, Benji Backer with us. He's a Red State contributor, college student, hasn't been here in a while, so we want to introduce him welcome him. Welcome, Benji. How are you?
2: I'm great, and uh, as for if I can spell supercalifragilisticexpialidosis, I think I can. not going to do it on air because i don't want to fool myself and i also don't want to bore people but my sister wore a shirt that had it spelled out for a number of years and uh i had a long time looking at that shirt So i should be good
1: it's actually very phonetically spelled it's not as hard as you would think it's spelled exactly like you would think it is spelled if you were exactly spelling it And I think that's where people get lost, because it's so big, we just assume that it must have some kind of broken rule. It doesn't. It's exactly how it sounds. Anyway, we're going to start with this real quick, just because I saw it trending this morning on Facebook, and then we're going to get into some actual real issues. But, apparently, I never knew this. There's more than one Mary Poppins adventure, or Mary Poppins book, so they're making a Mary Poppins sequel. But it's not with Julie Andrews or Dick Van Dyke. I don't. This kind of hurts my heart because I grew up with Mary Poppins, sort of. Not really. It was made like 30 years before I was born, I think. But nevertheless, it was one of those classics of your childhood. I don't. I don't know what to make of this, Dan. What do you think? Can we remake Mary Poppins and it be okay? Ah, it's.
0: This is one of those things. Just Hollywood, stop. S T A H P. Just stop. I mean. <laughs> This is, well, I mean, the thing is, you know, you see all these Hollywood remakes and sequels and reboots and everything, but you have to keep in mind, it costs so much to make a movie nowadays. Mm. I mean, budgets of hundreds of millions of dollars, and Hollywood doesn't want to risk it on something that's not proven. I mean, that's that's a big gamble, so they keep going to these You know, tried and true things where they know even if the movie itself is terrible, people will show up because of name recognition. I mean, that's why you get things like Transformers, where it was a cartoon in the 80s. But you know what? Michael Bay could have had a terrible script, but people have at least gone to see it once because it was Transformers. Same with Mary Poppins. People have memories. Oh, that was such a great film when I was younger. So they go out there and – try to you know kind of recapture that so people show up even if it's terrible film uh it seems that the the only got you in this is when you mess with the original formula and it's clear you're messing with the original formula see the recent ghostbusters film i mean Mm. but this is what hollywood does is they're playing it safe and largely we are to blame because i'll admit it i went and saw transformers i mean it's what shocking. we do. We're just like, Simply yay, shocking. nostalgia. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, right? So we kind of we kind of contributed to it. When was the last time we went and saw kind of a lower-budget film that really didn't have anybody anybody knows, It didn't have a lot of special effects? When was the last time that was done? You
1: no, know, it's true. That's a good point. I mean, we just went through the whole Jungle Book thing. We remade Cinderella, which actually I thought Cinderella was, was really a pretty good live version uh, remake, if you will. I still haven't seen Jungle Book, the people edition yet, hopefully this week. But anyway, um, I just, but it's, it's Mary Poppins though. Like I feel you can, you can make Jungle Book because it's, I mean, it's a cartoon and okay, this is something new and different with Mary Poppins. though it's just like, it's classic. You've got Julie Andrews and Dick Van Dyke. It literally doesn't get more classic than that. And the new girl, oh, who is this, who is playing Mary Poppins? It's uh, Emily Blunt is playing the new Mary Poppins, and she said she's going to be a little bit meaner. How can, this is the woman that sings, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. How do you make Mary Poppins meaner? That's just kind of scary. Benji, I, I know that you're, you know, about a decade behind Dan and I and your film lore and such, but... We we were having a chuckle before we came on the air because we weren't even sure if you'd seen Mary Poppins, but now that we've confirmed that you have, are you, are you going to be okay? Will your young heart be able to handle it if Mary Poppins is meaner than she was in your childhood?
2: Yeah, you know, actually, the Mary Poppins the musical quite the one in the movie, uh, and that's the Mary Poppins that I saw the most because my family's super into musicals, so. Uh, I don't really think it'll be a big deal. She was pretty pretty rude and uh the musical, and it was kinda you know, it kinda hurt. So you know, it made my heartache, but it made the story a little more interesting. So I don't think it'll be too bad in that sense. I just don't know if Emily's blunt will be able to uh taught Julie Andrews.
1: Yeah, that's like asking someone to recreate Sound of Music, and we all know how that went. Even Carrie Underwood just isn't quite there. Okay, so let's get to uh, the actual reason why I had you guys on today, and that is to talk about uh, Colin Kaepernick, as we all know, is basically saying, hey, you know what, I don't think that uh, y'all are are being fair to black people, and this country kind of stinks, so... I'm just not going to stand up for the flag anymore. I'm just going to sit here on my rear end on the bench, which I'm warming, and uh, and not pay this flag or this country any respect. Um, to me, this is just ridiculous. Um, it's about as spoiled brat privilege as I think you can see in this country. I think Drew Brees had a really good response to this. He He basically said... Well, actually I'll just read uh, his quote he said the great thing about this country is that we have the freedoms that allow you to speak out openly about any issue so I'm not commenting on the issue itself because any person has the right to speak out on any issue they want that's the great thing about being an American but the American flag is what represents those freedoms it represents the very freedom that Colin Kaepernick gets the opportunity to exercise by speaking out his opinion in a peaceful manner about the issue but it's an oxymoron that you're sitting down disrespecting the flag that has given you the freedom to speak out, uh, Benji, you were cutting out just a little bit there. I don't know if you were, if you're driving or whatever. But uh, I want to start with you here because you had had uh, quite a bit on Twitter and different places. I'd seen you commenting on this. What what do we make of Kaepernick's disrespect of the flag? And how is this just totally irresponsible of him? I mean, he's a football player. He's a football star. The country is looking at him, and he's saying, "You know what? Who cares?" Who cares about the flag?
2: Yeah, so I, I personally think he's just stuck on the bench, that's sitting his whole breach, and I don't know if he can get up. He's just sitting there. Um, it sucks. But in all seriousness, um, it, it was completely out of line. and I talked to the um, diversity chair, African-American on the executive board for my county party yesterday, I had the same thing to say as most of the football players have had to say, um, as John Harbaugh, uh, Kaepernick's former coach, had to say, Victor Cruz, fellow star wide receiver, had to say that you have the right to, to sit down, but like your Brees said, it's an oxymoron because you're sitting down for the same play that millions and millions million of people have fought for that people would die for and have died for, and if you want to say something about oppression or racial injustice, I don't have a problem with that. Obviously, you need to speak out if you believe there's an issue, but you don't do it by disrespecting the same thing that gives you the chance to speak out, and in addition, that sends a horrible message to young kids who already don't have enough pride in America and the flag and what it stands for and what it's being fought for. To have that light like, waving every single day, and so his example was just to me despicable. And the fact that you know, he continued to stand by his, his, his he continued to spit. um and additionally, he, in an interview yesterday, he wore a Fidel Castro shirt. I, saw so that. I don't know what's up with this guy, I really don't like what's going on in his brain. And, and I'm wondering if he's just desperate for attention. Or he's been radicalized somehow. Um, I know that his wife, for sure, is Islamist. I, I don't know what's going on, um, but it seems a little fishy that he continues to do this despite the media and fellow player outrage. And then he's gone radical and started wearing Fidel you know, Castro shirts. And uh, his, his Twitter, is, you know, it's been that way for a few weeks here. So you know, needs not be that way. In fact, last year. He, to racial slur on the kill he got $11,000 dollars to buy for it. So I don't know what happened to him. Um, but it was despicable and definitely not the right, right way to speak out about racial injustice.
1: No, and it's really ironic. like you said he, he comes to this press conference, which is largely about his his uh, statement uh, that he's trying to make in not standing for the flag because this flag stands for oppression. And he shows up wearing a, a Castro T-shirt. Like, if there is anyone more oppressive uh, <laughs> that you would have on your T-shirt, I'm not sure who that would be right now in this room. I mean, maybe if you could find some Iranian uh, person, you could probably, or Saudi Arabian, or even a cutter. But anyway, uh, someone that people would actually know, Castro is about the most recognizable communist face in America, and he comes out being all, I'm protesting oppression of the poor and I'm going to do that by wearing this T-shirt, which is showing off the guy that most depresses the poor on our side of the world today because I'm brilliant or something. And like you said, he didn't used to be this way. I'm not sure what happened. I'm kind of inclined to think that he is acting out because he is not pleased. I think you know everyone knows, maybe not everyone knows, but as a Broncos fan at least, I know. Uh, the 49ers were trying to trade him. looked like he was going to come to Denver there for a while. The dude is just his NFL career is potentially falling apart, and so part of me well, wonders. What's that? now.
2: It's saying he's cut now.
1: Yeah, uh, well, he was. Over his play. He was on the fence as it was. They were trying to trade him so they wouldn't have to cut him, and now, like, I don't see any way that they don't cut him. Dan, what what do you think? Is this just is he just acting out? And what is this? I mean, I can't get past this disrespect to the flight because I've seen people that are like, oh, it's just a cloth, doesn't matter. What do you have to say to those people?
0: Well, well, first off, you know, a symbol is a symbol. I mean, yes, from a physics standpoint, it's a piece of cloth, but it's a piece of cloth that has been designed in a way to represent something very powerful and meaningful. And you think of all the people that have fought and died for that flag, and it's it's very insulting. And this includes the people that— cavernic claims to stand up for mm. i mean there have been uh, people of all ethnicities religious backgrounds you name it that have fought and died for that flag so to sit here and act like he has been is i just want to send the wambulance for him because this is <laughs> ridiculous so you know he i do think he's you know on the edge here where he may not have a career anymore and he's got to get one last hurrah in the headlines because here's the thing: I always look at what people do, what they say they they believe, and what they say they're doing, and what they actually do. And I have yet to hear any solutions from Kaepernick in all of this. Yeah, it's just cry, cry, cry. Not here's how we fix it. And even then, I mean, you know, after he gets cut, he's going to have loads of money. Mm-hmm. So I I challenge him to go around the world and see where America actually is. In regards to equality and fairness compared to the rest of the world go spend some time in eastern europe and see how the roma are treated go spend some time in the middle east and see what's happening to christians under isis i mean we are miles and miles ahead are we perfect no but if you want to be on the forefront of treating people with respect and equality america is a great place to start
1: yeah as, I get fired
0: up on this if you I, can't
1: tell. Was, no, that was a fantastic was little tirade. I was perfect. like, "Go, Dan!" And I was cheering for you on the inside. That was that's exactly <laughs> exactly right. And Kaepernick, I I don't get it. I don't understand why he's doing this. The only thing that I can think is he knows he's, uh, he knows he's getting cut, and he's just got to have that one last bit in the limelight. But you know, he he has a, a platform. He has a stage. This is not the way to get your point across you know he could stand up he could be he could be the next Martin Luther King if he wanted to be you know he he has the name recognition he could get out there he could lead peaceful uh you know demonstrations and protests whatever you want to call it he could do that but instead he's like no you know what America stinks I'm just gonna sit here because I'm mad about life and whatever else this is his issue I don't I don't get it. Like, not to mention, <laughs> Benji, is it the height of irony that you are a successful individual claiming that basically you've been oppressed? I mean, is that what?
2: Yeah, you know, it's crazy. Yeah, he's it, it, so successful. And there are the, the number of African-American and minorities that are you know, successful is it, growing every single day, every single year. Um, you know, we have an African-American president, you know, the 67% of NFL players are African-American. Um, you look at any other sport, you look at music, the music industry, the acting industry, and even business. Now, I mean, there's no oppression. I mean, African-Americans are, the, the, the race in general is growing economically and, um, you know, in society, their you know, wages are, are increasing, poverty is decreasing to the community. And to say that, you know, we're oppressing them while all of this great stuff is happening, is just, you know, completely wrong, especially coming from somebody who's making $19 million a year at Suckett Football.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, so, I mean, I just think that's, you know, incredibly wrong. And he, like you said, he could do something else. He could, he could have just, stood up at a press conference and said, hey, you know, this is this is the issue I have, but instead he had to disrespect the flag and then continue to disrespect it by saying he's going to continue to sit and make a figure a deal out of it during the press conferences, why didn't he just step up during a press conference and say the same thing without sitting for the flag? He still would have garnered the media attention. He still would have had his message across. And, and like you said, he also doesn't have any solution. I mean, the guy can't even tell you what the racial oppression is. And he's talking about the people who are murdered. All those officers had been proven innocent by the courts because they were using self-defense against criminals who were trying to hurt them. So to say that that's oppression, I mean, that, that's where it's coming from. That's what it's stemming from. So not only did he do it in the wrong way, but he's also calling something oppression that's not. And all while the African, African-American community in the United States is growing – economically,
1: uh, and there's really nothing to complain about. There isn't, and and the, it boggles my mind. He's Colin Kaepernick. You could literally call for a, a rally and have a million people show up. Well, maybe not because he's not as popular as he used to be, but he, he could have a huge influence if he wanted to. You didn't have to disrespect the flag like this. You can go out and you can do this in a different way. You have a right to speak. And the flag represents the very thing which gives you the right to speak, like Drew Brees said so very well. But the other thing that really bothers me about this whole incident, Dan, I'm going to go back to you on this one, is it was, was it the Cowboys? I think it was the Cowboys, correct me if I'm wrong, that the NFL would not allow to put a, uh, a decal on their helmets for the uh, fallen officers, and, but the NFL apparently doesn't have a problem with Kaepernick disrespecting the flag. But uh, remembering our fallen officers, that's too much.
0: Well, I mean, it does seem like a double standard where, you know, Kaepernick is, you know, freedom of speech here. But so so were the Cowboys. They were just putting a little sticker on their helmet. It was it was nothing. I mean, it, it wasn't going to give them an unfair advantage. It wasn't going to do anything. It wasn't going to. It was ridiculous that they shut that down. And yet here with the Kaepernick, they're they're completely silent I mean, not that they should come down on Kaepernick because freedom of speech and, you know, let him hang himself, metaphorically speaking. But (laughs) this double standard does bring up a lot of questions. And uh, really, I mean, I'm glad to see the Cowboys, and I am no Cowboys fan. I'm Mm -hmm. glad to see that they took that initiative to, you know, do something for these uh, fallen officers. But I'm sure part of the NFL said, you know what, this might not, you know, bode very well with some of our fans, so we're going to say no. Well, guess what? Kaepernick, running his mouth like he has, is not boding well with a number of fans. I've seen a number of YouTube videos of uh, 49ers fans burning their Kaepernick jersey because they're just like, no, you're an idiot. We're fed up with you. So it it doesn't make business sense. It doesn't make sense from a First Amendment standpoint, and you know, there's probably some sort of agenda in it or a buck to be made in it.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll we'll let Jerry Rice, 49ers legend, Hall of Famer, that Jerry Rice, we'll let him have the last word on this. He tweeted, he said, all lives matter. There's so much going on in this world today. Can we all just get along? Colin, I respect your stance, but don't disrespect the flag. So I think that's that's a good little summary on that. Before I let you go, Benji, is Governor Perry going to win Dancing with the Stars?
2: No, I you know I just don't see him having good dance. But you know what? I hope to be surprised. I'm a fan of Governor Perry. I suspect he kind of his morals in my opinion by endorsing Trump, but everyone else. Um, but I truly think that he uh, is a great guy, and if he could show and prove me wrong about his dance moves, that would be great. I just you know. To think of him dancing in the governor's office or in the Oval Office uh, the same way that we're going to see him dancing on Dancing with the Stars, uh, it's going to be a pretty weird thought, but uh, I'm going to try. I'm going to try.
1: It really, I can't even, that's exactly what I was thinking when I saw that announcement. I was like, I can't picture, I can't picture Governor Perry dancing at all, let alone on Dancing with the Stars. He just doesn't strike me as that kind of a guy. I don't know, Dan, will this, will this... Will this convince you to watch Dancing with the Stars, or are you a closet Dancing with the Stars watcher already?
0: I I have never watched the show. Um, so as far as uh, Governor Perry's chance, do they do the truffle shuffle on Dancing with the Stars?
1: I have no idea because I don't watch it either. <laughs> because if if yes, he might have a shot. If not, no. I don't. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. But you know, I don't know the truffle that... shuffle. No, mm. I don't. I need to look it up. Okay. Oh,
0: I'm feeling old right now. Watch (laughs) the Goonies.
1: Okay, so here's what I could picture Governor Perry doing, and I don't know if maybe this is it. You know, on It's a Wonderful Life, when Jimmy Stewart and uh, and Donna Reed are dancing as the pool is opening underneath them, and they don't (laughs) know it, and Jimmy Stewart's doing the back and forth hands on the knees thing. That's actually pretty cool. That I could picture Governor Perry doing, but beyond that, I don't, I don't see it. But you know, apparently, Americans anyone can do
0: the sprinkler. Anyone can do the sprinkler. (laughs)
1: It's just a matter of how well, right? All right. Yep. That's all the time we have left. Thanks guys for being with us. You can find Benji's work over at Red State or uh what is, what is your Twitter handle, Benji?
2: At Benji Backer. It's pretty at simple.
1: Benji Backer. Pretty pretty simple. You know, I have a hard time did you see the Benji movies? The dog Benji the dog.
2: Yeah, and that's every every time someone, you know, hears my name, they're like, Oh, like the dog? <laughs> so it's like a it's like a it's
1: unfortunate. Oh, sorry. I mean, yeah, it could be worse. They could have named you Popeye. And then people would... Well, just... at least it's how a given name It's a
2: chosen name, Benjamin. So, you know, they yes. can't really make fun of me that way.
1: True. Because we could just call you Ben, but you have chosen instead to be Benji. It's more endearing, yeah, though, really. The
2: chosen name.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Exactly.
1: All right. Well, thank you, Benji, for being here. Dan is at Twitter at... Uh, I know it. It's Dan12R, right? Correct. It throws me off because your email is is different, and I'll just put it at that. (laughs) All right, thanks, guys, for being here. We'll have you back again soon. Appreciate all of your thoughts and wisdom this morning. Thanks, Crystal. All right, we'll talk to you later. Everyone else, you are listening to KVXL 101.1 FM Experience Liberty Radio from Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Let me remind you about Friend Day. Friend Day is coming up here at church on September the 11th, and if you go to experienceliberty.com, slash, hang on, I'm doing it right now, slash friend, you can find all the information about our Friend Day service. It's going to be uh, 9.30 or 11.15, and after you, so here's what you need to do, All right, You need to go, you find a friend, invite them to come with you to church on Friend Day, and then we're going to have special Friend Day bulletins, and if you have one of our special Friend Day bulletins, because you came to church on Friend Day, then you can save on lunch. We want you to take your friend out for lunch after church Actually get to know them, spend some time with them. You can go to, uh, these are all all places right here around Liberty. You can go to Sweet Tomatoes. You can go to Round Table Pizza, the Flame Broiler, Lolo's, Chicken and Waffles. You can go to Outback, uh, Buka, Market Grow Cafe, Sonic, Smash Burger, Denny's. Joe's Crab Shack, Applebee's—they all have special discounts and deals for those of you that come on Friend Day. You're gonna be able to take your friends there, and you know some places are doing 20% off. Some places are buy one get one half off. We've got free appetizers, uh, buy one get ones, ten dollars off your meal. Different things going on, so you can find out more information about that at slash friend Friend Day, September 11th. Be sure to bring your friend to church that day, 9:30 or 11. 15, And our next service is going to be Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. That's tomorrow. Tomorrow's coming very fast. Tomorrow, and after, after Wednesday night church, it'll be September. Don't tell anybody. It's coming. And that's all the time we have left for today. So, how shall we end the show? Let's go. Let's see. Let's let Michael W. Smith let us go out today with You Won't Let Go. We'll see you back here tomorrow. We're live at 7 a.m. Pacific time, and you can find us on iTunes or SoundCloud. Just search The Fiddle Show for past podcasts. Hope you'll do that. Have a great day, everyone.